Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend JFK Mensa, a seasoned Bible teacher with over 40 years of ministry experience. He is a pastor, a church planter, a missionary, and an international conference speaker. He is passionate about making Christ-like disciples worldwide. JFK Mensa is the General Overseer of Great Commission Church International. May you be transformed as you listen to the Word of God. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, how can we thank you for how far you have brought us? Lord, give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Help us to understand what you want us to know about the end times. So that we can prepare ourselves and work for you in season and out of season. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Well, this is our last message on the first part of eschatology. And... We have been journeying through personal and general eschatology. The Bible teaching on the end times. We have looked at death. We have looked at the intermediate state. The period between death and the resurrection. Then... We have also started looking at the second coming of Jesus Christ. We have looked at the first coming of Jesus was a period of 33 and a half years. And there were different events. The birth of Jesus, the growth of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, the crucifixion and death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus... The ascension of Jesus into heaven. These make up the first coming. Now the second coming of Jesus. Is also a series of events. Which will take over 1000 years. And it is important to understand the sequence of these events and allow them to prepare us to strengthen our hands to be holy 1st John 3 3 says anyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure secondly eschatology helps us in Christian service. Because we know that what we do for Jesus carries a reward. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 58. And thirdly, eschatology helps us to sort out 
between the false and the true as far as the scripture and Jesus and his apostles are concerned. So that the end time events do not confuse us or make us fear unnecessarily. So, this evening, my desire is to work on the sequence of events from Jesus' second coming until eternity. And I want to begin with the book of Daniel. This is because in Matthew chapter 24 verse 15, the Lord Jesus himself refers to the prophecy of Daniel. Shall we read it? Matthew chapter 24 and the verse is 15. Matthew chapter 24 verse 15. So when you see standing in the holy place, the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Yes. This is in the midst of Jesus' prophecy concerning the end time. So, we need to go back to the book of Daniel. And I want us to just focus on Three chapters in the book of Daniel. Quickly. Daniel chapter 2. Which is the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. And its interpretation by Daniel. Daniel chapter 7. Which is the dream. The revelation that Daniel himself had. Now. These two chapters. And revelations, they are a repetition of what is in the mind of God. And they both speak about five world empires. Daniel chapter 2 talks about the head of a big statue of a man which is made of gold. And then, his chest is made of silver. And the lower part of bronze, and then the leg and feet and are made of iron, and then the toes, ten toes, are made of partly iron, partly clay. And the interpretation of Daniel is that the head of gold is the Babylonian empire of Nebuchadnezzar. The Neo-Babylonian empire of Nebuchadnezzar. Lasting roughly 100 years. Then, the chest and arms of silver line up with the Medo-Persian Empire of roughly 200 years. 550 B.C. to 330 B.C. 
Then thirdly is the bronze part of the statue which represents the Grecian Empire of Alexander the Great and fourthly the leg made of iron which represents the Roman Empire roughly 600 years. Now as Nebuchadnezzar looked there was a huge stone which was thrown not by a human hand and it crushed the statue of gold, silver, bronze and iron and mashed it. And the stone began to grow until it covered the face of the whole earth. Now, in Daniel chapter 7, the revelation of Daniel is first of all a lion followed by a bear then a leopard and then a fourth beast with iron teeth and after that the kingdom was given to the son of man the ancient of days presented the kingdom to the son of man now these five pictures in Daniel chapter 7 they tally exactly with the image of Nebuchadnezzar it means that the mind of heaven is fixed concerning the timetable for kingdoms on this earth this is what Joseph told uh, Pharaoh in his dream interpretation. And he told him in Genesis chapter 41 verse 32 that the repetition of a dream, a vision, a revelation means that the thing is settled by God in the spiritual realm and he will surely bring it to pass. So, what do we have? We have from the book of Daniel a clear understanding that there will be five major world empires and that the last, the fifth empire will be the empire of the Son of God which will give him dominion which is from everlasting to everlasting, and this kingdom will never pass away. It will never pass into the hands of any other person. Shall we read Daniel chapter 2? We shall read verse 44, and after that we read Daniel chapter 7. First verse, okay, 13 and 14, and then verse 28. Daniel chapter Daniel 2. chapter 2. Verse For, Just 44. 44. I think 44 all. will do. In the time of those kings. Yes. The God of heaven will set up a kingdom. Yes. 
that will never be destroyed. The God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. Nor will it be left to another people. It will never be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end. It means that God is going to set up his kingdom on earth and it will crush every other human kingdom. Yes. But Let's, it will itself endure forever and ever. And it will endure forever and ever. Let's read Daniel chapter 7. We, we can start from verse 13 and 14. And then just finish with verse 28. Daniel chapter 7, 13 and 14. First of all, in my vision at night I looked. And there before me was one like a son of man. Yes. Coming with the clouds of heaven. Yes. He approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. Yes. That will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. The dominion of the Son of Man is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom is a kingdom that shall not pass into the hands of any other human being and is forever and ever and ever and ever. Now verse 28 of the same Daniel chapter 7. This is the end of the matter. Yes. I, Daniel, was deeply troubled by my thoughts and my face turned pale. But I kept the matter to myself. We have seen that Jesus referred to the prophecy of Daniel. And he spoke specifically about the abomination of desolation. We call this the 70th week of Daniel. It is perhaps the most concise prophetic pronouncement concerning the end times and Israel in the Bible. Let's read it from Daniel chapter 9, 24 to 27. Daniel chapter 9. We're reading from verse 24 to 27. Yes. Seventy sevens are decreed for your people. Seventy sevens or seventy weeks of years are decreed for your people Israel. And your holy city to finish transgression. For your holy city, Jerusalem, to finish the transgression... To put an end to sin. To put an end to sin. To atone for wickedness. To atone for wickedness. To bring in everlasting righteousness. To bring in everlasting righteousness. To seal up vision and prophecy. To seal up vision and prophecy. And to anoint the most holy. And anoint the most holy. Know and understand this. Yes. From the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem... 
until the anointed one, the ruler, comes, there will be seven sevens and sixty-two sevens. Please, you can do the addition quickly. There will be seven sevens and sixty-two sevens. So seven sevens plus sixty-two sevens is equal to sixty-nine sevens. Meaning 69 weeks of years, which is 483 years. Yes. It will be rebuilt with streets and a trench, but in times of trouble. After the 62 sevens, the anointed one will be cut off. The anointed one will be cut off. And will have nothing. And will have nothing. The evil of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. The people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end will come like a flood. Yes. War will continue until the end. And desolations have been decreed. Now this passage is what Jesus is referring to in the Matthew 24, 15. Therefore, it's important on your own to read this passage through about five, seven, ten times and begin to make sense of it. The prophecy is about the people of Daniel, that is Israel, and their city, that is Jerusalem. And the vision is explaining that there will be 70 sevens, 490 years. The command to rebuild Jerusalem was given to Nehemiah spiritually and the period is clear. It's 445 B.C. There is no doubt about that one. If you subtract in a generous fashion 445 from 483, you arrive at 38 years. A little mathematics concerning the change of years should place the rest of the 38 years between B.C. and A.D. in the period of the ministry of Jesus Christ. After doing the calculation myself on the 30-day month against the 31-day months that we have in our calendar now, there is no doubt in my mind that the person they are talking about there is Jesus Christ. The anointed one who will be cut off and bring an end to transgression and bring in everlasting righteousness is certainly Jesus they are talking about. But they are not only talking about Jesus. They are talking at the latter part of another ruler who will come. That passage accounts for 69 weeks of years. 
And the 70th week is only accounted for under that ruler, the Antichrist. With that, I want to move you to the timetable for the second coming of Christ. What we call the second coming of Christ is in two phases. The first phase is the rapture. In the rapture, according to first Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 16 and 17 the Bible says the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God the dead in Christ shall first rise then we of the church who are alive we shall be changed and caught up in the air together with them to meet the Lord Jesus in the air. Then shall we forever be with the Lord. This coming, not every eye will see him. Let's read it again because we read it last week and I want you to notice that we meet Jesus in the air. Not every eye sees Jesus. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through to 17. 17. Yes. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. To meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Now, Jesus told us in John 14, 1-3 that let not your hearts be troubled, believe in God Believe also in me. In my father's house there are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. When I finish, I will come back for you to take you to be with me. So that where I am, there you may be also. The promise of Jesus' second coming is very clear in the Bible. In Acts chapter 1, as Jesus was being taken up into heaven from verse 9 of Acts 1, 9 to 11, we are told that two men who were angels, and Luke tells us that they were asking uh, the disciples of Jesus, this same Jesus you see going up will come back in the same way. Let's read the Acts chapter 1 from verse 9 to 11. Acts 1, 9 to 11. After I said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? 
This same Jesus. This same Jesus. Who has been taken from you into heaven. Yes. Will come back in the same way. You have sent him go into heaven. So, when he rose from the dead, he appeared only to those he chose, not to everybody. So, in coming back at the rapture, only the raptured church will see him. And they will meet him in the air. And please, Notice the four things happening at that time. The resurrected church and translated church. The dead in Christ rise first with their resurrection body and the church alive at that time is translated, changed and caught up to meet Jesus in the air. Number two, is the judgment of the church. That is the Bema judgment seat of Christ. We spoke about that too last week. Number three, the reward for the church. Then number four, the marriage of the Lamb. This takes place with Jesus in the air. On earth, there will be the unveiling of the Antichrist. The Antichrist is the man of sin, the lawless one, the 666, who has been mentioned in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. From verse 6 all the way to verse 12. 1 John chapter 2 verse 18. Revelations chapter 13. Revelations chapter 16. This Antichrist is the coming world president. He will have global political power, global religious power, and global economic power. And the Bible says he is a replica of what God did in the Trinity. God the Father sent his son and gave him all his power to represent him. And sent his Holy Spirit. Revelations chapter 13. Gives us the picture. Of Satan. Raising up on this earth. A man of sin. Who is a son of Satan. An embodiment of Satan. Just like Jesus was the embodiment of God. And then he will also have for his vice president the false prophet who is the equivalent of the Holy Spirit in Satan's camp. So they also form a satanic trinity. And we cannot read 
all the verses because of the time but we must strike a few the first John 2 18 John already informs us that the Antichrist is coming and his spirit is at work in the world already but I want us to read the second Thessalonians chapter 2 because it's a critical passage in eschatology there is a lot of argument about whether the church will be raptured before the Antichrist or during the reign of the Antichrist or after now Second Thessalonians chapter 2 is a critical passage in answering the question. Let's read from verse 6. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Chapter 2. We are reading verse from six. verse 6. Yes. And now you know what is holding him back. You know what is holding the Antichrist back. So that he may be revealed at the proper time. So that he may be revealed at the proper time. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work. The secret power of lawlessness is already at work. The spirit of the Antichrist is already at work. But the one who now holds it back yes. will continue to do so yes. till he is taken out of the way. The one who now holds him back will continue to do so until he is taken out of the way. Now, this is a mysterious language for debate. But the only person who can hold back Satan and the person of the Antichrist is the Holy Spirit in the church. Therefore, when the Holy Spirit in the church is taken out of the way, the Antichrist will be revealed. Yes. Please go on. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth. Whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth. And destroy by the splendor of his coming. He will destroy by the splendor of his coming. Jesus is coming. Now, let's move. When this world president Antichrist begins to reign after the church of God has been raptured the period is exactly seven years that is the 70th week of Daniel and it is a period during which the tribulation occurs and God pours his anger upon the earth. So, Revelations chapter 6 to chapter 19 tell the story. They tell the story of the breaking of the seven seal judgments. And seven trumpet judgments and then the seven bowl judgments these are judgments 
of God pouring his wrath upon the earth. In those seven years, the Antichrist will rule. And Revelation chapter 13 explains that you cannot buy or sell unless you have the mark of the beast on your forehead or in your right hand. Why? Because the mark of the beast is basically the character of Satan. And the pressure to conform is what he achieves by marking you. So you can see that in Revelation chapter 14, which is the next chapter, he tells us that, And I saw the Lamb and 144,000 on Mount Zion. And they had on their foreheads the name of God. So, in each case, there is a duplication or there is a counterfeit and a genuine. Now, in the middle of those seven years, the covenant which the Antichrist made with Israel to protect them for peace, he will break it and begin to persecute Israel. And those three and a half years are called in the Bible the Great Tribulation. Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 7 is the time of the distress of Jacob or Israel for that matter. And it is the worst time of tribulation, suffering, persecution that has ever happened since the world began. You will see that in the Bible it is called 42 months or 1260 days or a time, times and half a time. Time meaning one year, times meaning two years and half a time meaning half a year. It's in the book of Daniel and it's in the book of Revelation and the passages are quite clear. So, at the end of those seven years of the Antichrist, Jesus and his army of the saints and angels will descend from heaven and come visibly to fight against the Antichrist and the false prophets. I want us to begin to read that one, Revelation chapter 19 from verse 11, because it is easier to pick the thread from there. Revelation chapter 19 from verse 11. Yes. I saw heaven standing open. I saw heaven standing open. And there before me was a white horse. The white horse. You see that Revelation chapter 6 speaks about the white horse. And here, Revelation chapter 19 speaks about another white horse. The first white horse is the Antichrist. The second white horse is Jesus Christ. They are both on white horses. Yes. 
whose rider is called faithful and true. Yes. With justice he judges and makes war. Yes, please. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him. The armies of heaven were following riding him. Riding on white horses. Also riding on white horses. And dressed in fine linen. Dressed in fine linen. White and clean. White and clean. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword. Yes. With which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. Uh, the end of this passage, you can read it for yourself. Is that the, the war which we call Armageddon takes place? Jesus and his army defeat the Antichrist and the false prophet, and the Antichrist and the false prophet are the first to be cast into the lake of fire, which we call hell, Gehenna. That is the period during which Jesus will be seen by every eye and he will land on the earth and sit on David's throne judging the living nations. Then follows 1,000 years of what we call the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. The mediatorial kingdom. The righteous reign of Jesus for a thousand years. Let's read from Revelation chapter 20. We are reading from verse 1 to verse 6. Revelation chapter 20 now. Please pay attention to the passage and on your own follow it. It removes the confusion. And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven. Having the key to the abyss. Yes. And holding in his hand a great chain. An angel from heaven holding a great chain and having the key to the abyss, the bottomless pit. He sees the dragon. He sees the dragon. That ancient serpent. The ancient serpent. Who is the devil? Yes. Or Satan. Yes. And bound him for a thousand years. He bound him for a thousand years. He threw him into the abyss. Now look, it is only one angel who handles Satan. One angel, even with a key and a chain, was able to handle Satan and throw him into the bottomless pit. Heaven doesn't see Satan as a threat. It is only the timetable of God that is being run. Yes. He threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations anymore. Until the thousand years were ended. Yes. After that, he must be set free for a short time. Yes. I saw thrones on which were seated. I saw thrones on which were seated. Those who had been given authority to judge. Yes. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony for Jesus. I saw the souls of those beheaded. Because of their testimony for Jesus during and the period of the tribulation. Because of the word of God. Yes. They had not worshipped the beast. They had not worshipped the beast. His image. Or his image. And had not received his mark on their forehead. They didn't receive his mark on their forehead. Or their hands. 
Yes. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. They came to life, they ruled and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. Yes. This is the first resurrection. This is the first resurrection. So the first resurrection is made up of four groups of people. Jesus Christ, the Old Testament saints, the church age saints, and the saints from the tribulation period under the Antichrist. This is the first resurrection. Now, if you are not part of the first resurrection, then you are doomed. Because the second resurrection is a judgment unto condemnation. This is why Acts chapter 24 verse 15 says, There will be a resurrection for the righteous and for the wicked. It is not the same resurrection. The first resurrection is for the righteous. The second resurrection is for the wicked. We cannot spend time on the thousand year reign of Jesus. But it means that God is going to restore this fallen world back to the original state it was in when God created it. And God swore to Abraham and covenanted with him in Genesis chapter 15 to give him the land of Israel. This promise was made by God to Abraham. And so that land will definitely be restored to them. And God swore to uh, David in 2 Samuel chapter 7 verse 11 all the way to verse 14 that one of his children will sit on his throne forever. And this throne of David is not the throne of God. It's the throne of David. It's a human throne. And to fulfill that promise, Jesus is coming back to reign a thousand years on this earth. That is what we call the millennial reign. Satan is bound 1,000 years. And it is referred to six times in those six verses we have just read. Now, it is only that time that passages like Isaiah chapter 11 from verse 1 all the way to verse 11 make sense. Isaiah chapter 9 from verse 6 all the way to verse 12. They only make sense because the wolf and the lamb and the child and the snake will be together and play together. The nations will beat their swords into plowshares. There will be war no more. These things can only happen when Jesus Christ has come and is ruling in the millennial reign. Now, Let's look at the closing part. We are told that after a thousand years, 
Satan will be released. And he will go around and deceive the nations, as many as he can, to fight against the camp of Jesus and his saints. But that will not be a battle because fire will come from heaven and destroy them. Then, the great white throne judgment. Let's read it from Revelation 20, from verse 11 to 15. Revelation chapter 20, from verse 11 to 15. Yeah. Then I saw a great white throne, oh. and him who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Notice the dead are the people being judged. And this is called the great white throne judgment. It is the final 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 of the eternal judgments no court of appeal yes the sea gave up the dead that were in it and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them and each person was judged according to what he had done then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire death will die Death was also thrown into the lake of fire. Hades was thrown into the lake of fire. Yes. The lake of fire is the second death. The lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. If anyone's name was not found written in the Lamb's book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. With this comes the end of the thousand year reign of Jesus Christ. Then now, Jesus hands over the kingdom to God the Father. So that the Father will be all in all. And we enter eternity of heaven and hell. Let's read some of the passages to close up our study. Let's read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We are reading from verse 24 to 27. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 24 to 27. Yes. Then the end will come. Then the end will come. When he hands over the kingdom to God the Father. When Jesus hands over the kingdom to God the Father. After he has destroyed all dominion, authority and power. After he has destroyed all dominion, authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. He must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. Jesus must reign. Jesus must reign. Jesus must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For he has put everything under his feet. Yes. Now, when it says that everything has been put under him, then it's clear that 
This does not include God Himself, who put everything under Christ. So the Bible says, Then I saw a new heavens and a new earth. And the old heavens and the earth was passed away. And the sea was no more. Let's read Revelation 21. Just read the first five verses to give us a taste. Now Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through to 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Yes. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. The first heaven, the first earth passed away. And there was no longer any sea. No sea again. No sea again. I saw the holy city. I saw the holy city. The new Jerusalem. The new Jerusalem. Coming down out of heaven. Coming down out of heaven. From God. Yes. Prepared as a bride. Prepared as a bride. Beautifully dressed. Wow. For her husband. Yes. I had a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men. Yes. And he will live with them. Yes. They will be his people. He will be his people. And God himself will be with them. God himself will be with them. And be their God. And be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will no more be death. There will no more be death. Or mourning. There will be no mourning. Or crying. There will be no crying. Or pain. There will be no... Yes. For the old order of things has passed away. The old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down. Yes. For these words are trustworthy and true. Please, let's read Revelation 22. Just five verses there too. Revelation chapter 22, this verses is 1 to 5. Yes. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life. Yes. As clear as crystal. Yes. Flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. Yes. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree Ah, for the healing of the nations. Yes. No longer will there be any curse. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city. And his servants will serve him. And his servants will serve him. They will see his face. They will see his face. And his name will be on their forehead. His name will be on their forehead. There will be no more night. No more night. They will not need the light of a lamp. They will not need the light of a lamp. Or the light of the sun. Or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give them light. The Lord God will give them light. And they will reign forever and ever. They will reign forever and ever. Hallelujah. Many people worry about what they will do in heaven because they feel it will be boring. How? How can the God who created you give you boredom? Even on this earth, everything you are doing is a dress rehearsal. The real thing is in heaven. Because this world 
is passing away. The gifts, the talents, the abilities, the skills that you pick up, your service in the house of God. It's a dress rehearsal. Over there is the place that will be the real performance. It is then that the children of God will rule with him. And this is what God has desired from the beginning of time. That we should be his children. And he will bring it to pass. Now, let's look at the other side. Hell. In fact, the person who warns about hell most in the Bible is Jesus Christ. Of the twelve uses of Gehenna, the lake of fire in the Bible, eleven are by Jesus Christ. He warns us that anger can send you to hell. Matthew 5.22 He warns that lasting after men or women can send you to hell. Matthew 5.28.29 and 30 He warns that divorce can send you to hell. He explains hypocrisy can send you to hell. In fact, in Luke chapter 12, verses 4 and 5, Jesus tells us that don't fear people who can kill the body. After that, they can't do anything. Fear rather the person who can put body and soul into hell. Fear him. Fear him. Fear him because it is an everlasting punishment. In Matthew, I want us to read that one. Chapter 25. Let's read verses 41 and 46. Just to give the flavor of hell. Matthew 25, 41, 46. Yes. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil. And his angels. Eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Hell was not prepared for man. It was prepared by God for the devil and his angels. If you allow him to deceive you, he takes you there with him. Then they will go away to eternal punishment. Eternal punishment. But the righteous to eternal life. The righteous to eternal life. Now, I also want us to read Mark chapter 9. Let's read from verse 45 to 48. Mark 9, 45 to 48. Mark 9, 45 through to 48. And if your foot causes you to sin, if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. Cut it off. And it's better for you to enter life crippled. It's better for you to enter life crippled, as a cripple, with one leg hopping, than to have two feet to have, and be thrown into hell. Than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to sin, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Pluck it out. And it's better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye. It's better to enter heaven with one eye. Everybody says, why? Why did you come with one eye? You say, oh, I lost it in the battle with sin. I had to pluck it out. But I'm here anyway. 
than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell. Than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell. Where the worm does not die. This is the part I want you to notice. The worm does not die. There is a worm on your resurrection body which does not die in the midst of fire. Yes. And the fire is not quenched. The fire is not quenched, but the worm is living within the fire and on your body to shame you, but torment you. Now, another thing about hell that I don't like is your classmates. Let's read Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. Revelation the kind of, you know, 21. if you are, if you ever go to cell or prison, you see, your roommates, you see that they are there for different reasons. And, and, and the kind of company in hell is one reason you shouldn't aspire to go there. Yes. But the cowardly. The cowardly. The unbelieving. The unbelieving. The vile. The vile. The murderers. The murderers. The sexually immoral. The sexually immoral. Those who practice magic arts. Those who practice magic arts. The idolaters and all liars. Idolaters, all liars. Their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. Their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. This is the second death. Look at your classmates. Look, look. Do you want to spend eternity in such a company? Now, I have heard people say that how can a loving God put people in hell forever? The truth is that God is not the one Responsible for putting you in hell forever. You choose hell. God puts you in hell because it is your choice. If on earth you have no interest in the Bible, you have no interest in walking with God, you are not interested in Jesus and being saved, why do you want to go to heaven where Jesus is, where God is, where the Holy Spirit is, where the Bible is on it. What? You, that place will be hell for you. Hell is a choice. And the way to come out of it is to take a decision. To take a decision today that you don't want to go to hell. You want to be with Jesus where he is, where the streets are of gold. And you want to stay with him. Whatever it costs you. If you want to take that decision this evening. I want to pray with you. As I close this message. Wherever you are. I want you to notice. That we have gone through. These passages. It is not. The final word on eschatology. I have just tried to. Line up. To map out for you. The sequence of events. How that the first coming of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus. The second coming of Jesus is in phases. He comes first. We, the church meets him in the sky. And 
everything church is done for seven years. The Antichrist is released. He rules on the earth during the period of the tribulation and the great tribulation. And Israel during that period. Then Jesus returns with his saints and conquers the Antichrist and the beast. They are thrown into the lake of fire. He judges the living nations and ushers us into 1,000 years of the reign of the presidency of Jesus Christ. And Satan is bound for a thousand years. After those thousand years, he is released and he comes to deceive those living nations who are not interested in Jesus' kingdom. And then a fire comes from heaven to destroy them. Then we are ushered into the great white throne judgment. At that judgment, if your name is not found in the Lamb's book of life, you are thrown into the lake of fire where the beast and the false prophet and finally Satan and death and Hades are put. Then the new heavens and the new earth. And side by side, hell, the lake of fire, forever and ever and ever. I want you to take a decision today. If you are listening to me and you are not yet born again, you have never given your heart and life to Jesus Christ. I want you today to take that decision. And I'll pray for you and with you right now. And if you are a Christian and you have been living a careless life, lukewarm life, I want to warn you that these things are true and that they will shortly come to pass to the amazement of everyone. Even if you die, you will meet these things. You better shape up your life, wake up, and clean up your life to meet the Lord in the air. If you are there, you want to pray to give your heart and life to Jesus, will you say this after me with uplifted hands? Say it with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. You came to die for you me. You came to die for me. Today. Today. I give you my heart. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you my life. I invite you. I invite to you. To come into my heart. To come into my heart. I receive you. I receive you. As my Lord. As my Lord. And my personal Savior. And my personal Savior. Please, Lord Jesus. Please, Lord Jesus. Wash my sins with your blood. Wash my sins with your blood. Make me a new person. Make me a new person. Put your Holy Spirit within me. Put your Holy Spirit within me. Give me power over sin. Give me power over sin. Give me power over Satan. Give me power over Satan. Give me power over the last of the world. Give me power over the last of the world. So that I can live for you and you alone. So that I can live for you and you alone. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm praying with you right now. Lord Jesus. Your word is sure. You say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. As many as received Jesus, who believed in his name, to them he gave power, authority, the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Right now, 
those children of yours who have accepted Jesus as Lord and personal Savior, I pray for them in the name of Jesus, that the blood of Jesus, the cleansing blood of Jesus, will cleanse their consciences, will put your Holy Spirit within them. You say if anyone is in Christ, it's a new creation. All things are passed away. All things are become new. Father, I pray that you will lead them to a Bible-believing church so that they can be water baptized and receive power of the Holy Spirit and live righteous lives that their names will be written in the Lamb's book of life to find joy with you in Jesus' name. And if there is any struggling Christian, lukewarm Christian, hearing my voice, my prayer, Father, is that you will quicken them, give them a conviction so that they can wake up and prepare themselves purify their lives and love you, work for you so that they meet you in the sky in Jesus name, Amen Follow JFK Men's Ministries on Facebook and YouTube and invite others to listen to his podcast you can also access some of JFK Mensa's books and keep up with his ministry at www.jfkmensaministries.org. God bless you.